Uh, the EPL takes a break, Russ, for a round of 16 in the FA Cup. It most certainly does. Very, very good to be back with you boys. And uh, I guess the big the big one really is tomorrow night, isn't it? Chelsea against Manchester United. I think that's the game everybody's really looking forward to. And I know we love an upset. It's been a bit thin on the ground in the round of 16 in terms of upsets in the FA Cup. So if you're not going to get one of those, it's a couple of big guns going toe-to-toe. So I think Chelsea Man U, I guess Tuesday morning, your type, is the proper one for everyone to get their teeth into. And then that segues into some more Champions League action in midweek, which should be fantastic. But I see United minus Jesse Lingard and Anthony Martial for that trip to Stamford Bridge. And all on the back, of course, of having lost for the first time in the week and drawing Nicola Solskjaer in that game against Paris Saint-Germain. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be hotting up. And Chelsea finally won a game in the week against Malmo. And uh, they'll be doing their very, very best to try and make that a, a bit of a winning habit once more after the skids came big time for them. So, uh, yeah, that, I think, is still the standout tie. A decent weekend of cup games. I thought Newport County gave Man City a really decent game for 50 minutes last night. It was a super effort from the League Two side to, to keep City goalless until 50-odd minutes in. 4-1, definitely an unfair score, but fair play to City. So, uh, yeah, it's been a decent round of cup matches, I think we can safely say. But nothing nothing startling, no brilliant upsets as we had a bit earlier in the tournament when the likes of Newport, of course, punted out one or two of the Premier League big boys. Hey, um, Newport were carrying the torch as the fairy tale team, you know, the, the little the little engine that could. Now that they're out yeah. after Man City, who's who's left carrying that torch? Is there anyone? Do you know the one I really like secretly now is Swansea City. I think it's absolutely fantastic. They just thumped Brentford 4-1 today. Not an upset because it's two championship teams. But this guy, Graham Potter, who's the manager, he's English, couldn't really carve out a career here. So went to Östersunds in Sweden. Uh, they played Arsenal and nearly beat Arsenal in the Europa League last year, which got him onto Swansea's radar. They brought him in. Uh, and I think he's done really well because Swansea, one of several clubs, mate, who dropped from the Premier League, found it very hard to reinvent themselves and get a proper grip in the championship. And uh, he's just slowly making it work. And as I say, they've thumped Brentford 4-1. I've got a funny feeling that they might be the one of all the teams outside the Premier League to maybe bloody your nose. We'll wait and see. So, yeah, they bought their place a little bit earlier. And the same for Crystal Palace, who won their match under Roy Hodgson. But obviously, they are a Premier League team and uh, one who, under wily old Roy, you never know what they might do over the course of the next few rounds once the draw's made post that Man chelsea game tomorrow night. Yeah, that one, I think, 8.30am tomorrow, New Zealand time. Russ, yeah. let's, let's have a chat about some rugby. Uh, Julian Savi has just been smacked around the head by his owner in France, uh, Bujalal, who essentially has sacked Savia with a year to go. Best quote uh, ever. Aaron Cruden's flattered to deceive in France. Uh, there's been chat about maybe Lima Sopawanga under-delivering when he's been playing in the UK. For, from your perspective, yep. generally speaking, the big-name signings from New Zealand when they go to yep. Europe, do they over-deliver? They, do they deliver at about what you'd expect or do they under-deliver? It's a really, really good question. I'd say the current crop probably under-delivering and uh, one or two of the new ones that have been signed for next season, I'm not entirely sure, are going to be an awful lot better. I, I don't know. I always have that benchmark for me of Nick Evans and just how brilliant he was for Harlequins. and was Mr. Quinn, Mr. Franchise, Mr. Lead from the front, inspire the troops, inspire the crowd, and just basically do as I say and, and, and act like I do, and I'll bring through a new generation of stars. And I just think somebody like that set the standard about how you should do it. Yes, he stayed an awful lot longer than anybody expected. It was far, far better, I think, for a more protracted period of time than everybody expected. And yeah, some of them since, you're right, you see the odd moments. I've seen Sopoaga have a, a couple of good matches and have some decent flashes where you know what he brings to the table. But I just wonder with the consistency of the application, the fitness, the, just the mental stimulation of being over here, are some of those guys making the most of it? 
I'm not entirely sure. And you just want, don't you, quality overseas players that come, give us their best, reflect well on those who play around them, galvanise the crowd and get that right balance for a couple of seasons before they go home or retire or whatever. We're not always seeing it. I would agree with you. I would say probably slightly underwhelmed, if anything, with, with quite a few of those current names. Then again, guys like uh, Luatua, Charlie Pieto, they've been yeah, quite Pieto. dynamic, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And for everyone that maybe does let you down, there is another that's been excellent. And certainly both Pietau brothers, when they were at WASP together briefly, were mightily impressive. We know what Pietau's done with Ulster and so on as well. And yeah, you do get some moments of brilliance and you do get certain players for sure who click. But I think probably that wider picture is, is one where it's maybe not been quite as good as we would have hoped. But maybe that's the kind of the whole problem with club rugby, just generally slightly at the moment, that it still is a little bit under the radar here. Everybody's talking about the Six Nations. That's the major focus. And you know, I was at Quinn's watching them play and, you know, it's an 80-point game, 12 tries yesterday, great entertainment, but it does slip under the radar a little bit. Club rugby here is still good. It's well-supported. It's enjoyed, but it's just not box office. The Premier League and international rugby both just knock it straight off the front page any possible day. And I think that's one of the problems that you're fighting with here, that club rugby is a product that's kind of mid-ranging no matter who you bring in and no matter what you do. You're going to beat Wales this weekend, as far as England go? England, oh, Wales, mate. Mate. Well, you know what? The big one, pal, is that Chris Ashton's out. That was the big news from the England training camp that was announced earlier. 33-man party has met up just up the road at Pennyhill Park, and Chris Ashton's pulled a, a hammy. So, uh, having played really well against France, he didn't score, but Eddie had that hunch and brought him back in. I thought he was an excellent foil for Johnny May on the other flank. No Ashton. So I presume Jack Noel will come back in. He was excellent to get Ireland. I'm pretty sure that's going to be a horses for courses change. But yeah, no Mac over in Apola. As you've been hearing, one of the best prop forwards probably in world rugby at the moment. He's out for 10 weeks. Ellis Gen, a little bit doubtful. We'll have to wait and see. He's one of his possible replacements at loose head. So one or two concerns for England. But I'll, I would expect Ben Moon to pack down in the one shirt. Jack Noel to come back in on the wing. And um it's a strong team. It's a strong team England will send there. I can't wait, mate. I can't wait for next Saturday to be <laughs> making that trip down the M4 to cover it. It's just going to be a belting game. Wales on a, a record-winning streak of 11 tests, trying to make it 12. England right back on it. And, and outstanding, really, in 10 tries and, and 10 points from their first two games against two decent opponents. It, it couldn't really be set better, could it, for match week three in Cardiff to see possibly, possibly a tournament decider. I think if England win it, they will go on and claim the championship and possibly the Grand Slam, no question. The Wales, if they lose, they're done. If they win, they've got a very, very decent chance themselves. But they've still got Ireland to face and Scotland to face. They've got some tough, tough games. So it's probably more an absolute must-win for them. But for England, the Grand Slam is what they want. They had one. They nearly had another. Last year was a disaster, as we know. And Eddie Jones wants to make the biggest and firmest statement he possibly can ahead of Japan, of course, in September. Hey, thanks, Russ. Appreciate that. We'll talk to Russ Hargreaves from TalkSport again next Monday to cover off the Six Nations next weekend. Yeah, look, if England do go to Cardiff and beat Wales, they've got games against Scotland and Italy to finish the Six Nations.